Every Who down in Whoville liked Christmas lots, but the Quibbler, which lived just north of Whoville, had thoughts. You're listening to the Quibbler Podcast, the Harry Potter book club that's mostly about Christmas this month. And I'm Alex Dallenberg. So, it's a tough year. There's uh, some isolation happening. There's distance from loved ones. There is a pervading sense that nothing will ever be okay again. And in the midst of all that comes the cultural imperative that we be merry. So, in response to that pretty profound cognitive dissonance... Alex and I have decided to do a little advent calendar of episodes on kind of classic Christmas media properties. If you celebrate Christmas, as we do, hopefully these are fun for you. If you don't celebrate Christmas, uh, I still think you'll probably find some things to like because what is quibbling if not being kind of a Grinch? So we will definitely talk about the sort of like exclusionary nature and like kind of wall-to-wall nonsense that is Christmas media in addition to trying to find a little bit of the spirit. Anyway, you know, if these are fun for you, then that's great. We just want to keep folks company because this might be a tough year for folks celebrating or not celebrating This most American of winter holiday forced merriment blitz. I guess it's not about Harry Potter, but also the Quibbler podcast is very malleable. (laughs) And interestingly, a lot of people consider the Harry Potter movies to be Christmas movies, which I think actually says a lot about what we consider to be Christmas properties, which is just things that we like to watch in community over and over because they are comforting, which I think is the sort of best iteration of what Christmas can be. Um, But I I do know there's always sort of like a a Twitter, not a fight, but like a conversation on social media every year about are the Harry Potter movies Christmas movies. Most of the Harry Potter movies have at least one scene at Christmas in them. Every book has a Christmas scene. Yeah. Christmas is often kind of a pivotal moment in Harry Potter. Yeah, because... Christmas is a pivotal time of year in both American and British culture. So that makes sense. But I don't think of them as Christmas movies. But I understand that they are movies that that families together can mostly all enjoy regardless of their age. And they are like family friendly and familiar and long and kind of sumptuous looking and British, which all of those, I guess, say Christmas. So Americans, yeah, that just reads Christmas. We're like, we hear a British accent and we're like, figgy pudding? All right. So So this is a really long way of introducing what we're actually going to talk about on this episode, which our first advent calendar entry is How the Grinch Stole Christmas, the Boris Karloff voiced cartoon version, the animated Grinch. We're not talking about Jim Carrey at all. God, no. Yeah, the classic animated How the Grinch Stole Christmas from 1966, which we watched last night on Black Friday for a bit of 
Christmas cheer because everybody, it feels like, is over-indexing on Christmas this year. So, so are we. Again, not everybody because I want to emphasize something that I think doesn't get named enough in America, which is not everybody fucking celebrates Christmas. Anyway, I'm sorry. I just, I want to try to make this both like fun for everyone and also genuinely inclusive of the fact that Christmas is a cultural inundation regardless of whether you celebrate it yourself and there could be, I have heard there are, feelings of alienation if you are not someone who celebrates Christmas and I actually think that that is a really good way of getting into the Grinch himself and the plot of this, I mean plot is sort of a big word to describe a sort of like three act pretty straightforward little arc. Uh, So Alex, what happens in How the Grinch Stole Christmas? Am I really going to summarize How the Grinch Stole Christmas? Just tell us, I mean, what are the basics? I might actually be able to summarize this because you just don't have to get into the weeds in the same way as you do with Harry Potter. So um, in this week's Christmas special, I felt weird to say, but fun, but merry, perhaps, uh, exterior shot. Whoville. Whoville, Snowflakes, credits roll. Uh, I'm really bad at describing movies, it turns out. Basically, we are introduced to the fact that the people of the town of Whoville, they're not really people. They're the who's. who's. They're Who's. Every Who in Whoville liked Christmas a lot. This is the salient fact. Oh, also, there will be spoilers in this episode for How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Other Christmas properties, probably Harry Potter, maybe the Bible. Potentially um, Lord of the Rings, because that's Lord all Alex Rings. can talk about. Yeah. And maybe even Dune. Also, there'll be cursing. We will continue to... Oh, Heather, we didn't come up with any adult themes. There's also going to be adult themes. Oh, this wow. week's are... adult theme... Let's do it on the fly. Are we we can do it. Let's to do try this on the fly? This week's adult themes... Wow, we fucked up the beginning of this podcast, but that's okay. Consumerism? Christmas will continue. Consumerism, rampant consumerism... Um, tailoring, like bad tailoring. Uh, Actually, yeah, the Grinch is a terrible seamster. Really? Seamstress, yeah. but that's a weirdly overly feminized term. Sled dogs. Five now dog five. Grand larceny. And we need one more. Um, gatherings that are too large for coronavirus times. Yeah, honestly, yeah. gathering indoor gatherings <laughs> indoor of more ga- than 10 people. Indoor gatherings of more than 10 people are the adult themes. Anyway, now that we've done that, Alex, what happened this week? Okay. In... <laughs> it's <was> bizarre. <laughs> In this week's Christmas special, we meet <laughs> the Who's who live in Whoville. Uh, they all, here's the salient fact. They all like Christmas a lot. The Grinch, who lives just north of Whoville, does not. So the Grinch, he's uh, furry and green. He, maybe he's a who, maybe he's a different species than the who's. I don't know. He's a Grinch. He's a Grinch. The Jim Carrey special, like, kind of tries to come up with a backstory for all of this, but I don't like that. I like that he's just a mysterious fucking green dude who lives just north of Whoville in, like, a mountain fortress. I just realized how much Oscar the Grouch looks like the Grinch. That has to be deliberate, right? I don't. I've never made that connection before. I think the but Grinch predates no, I'm saying, Oscar. Right. The, doesn't Oscar look like, not the Grinch looks like Oscar. Oscar looks like the Grinch. Don't you think well, Oscar is Green is, is like the color of envy, right? No, but he's called the Grouch. And he, not only is he green, but he, like, Wow, there's Oscar, the same kind of consonants in the names. No, Whoa. yeah. 
I congratulations on thinking about the fact that Grinch and Grouch sound alike. I mean, um, but right, I feel like Oscar is a Grinch. He looks a lot like. I mean, this is just coming back to but the in fact the that Sesame Street I expanded only universe, want to think about Muppets in the Sesame Street expanded universe. Like Grouches of their own kind of thing. Okay, well, there like doesn't there like Grouchland? Doesn't Elmo like go to Grouchland? Yeah, but. Don't you think there's also other Grinches somewhere? We know there are other Grinches somewhere because in a different sort of like offshoot Dr. Seuss Grinch story, he has like a Grinch girlfriend. Mm. I think Grinches and Grouches are canonically the same beings. I don't think they're the same. Maybe they're related to each other. Okay. They're like. They're all from the same sort of like genus. Whatever the, yeah. I can't. Didn't we discuss like Kingdom Phylum? Class order family genus species. Nice work. Kings play chess on fluffy green seats. All right. Kingdom phylum class order family genus species. Heather knows her taxonomy. So anyway, I don't know which thing falls under each of those categories, (laughs) other than I know like what a species is. Okay, well, the Grinch is a mammal, so that's one. Do we know that the Grinch has live young? What do we? How do we know the Grinch is a mammal? I guess you're right. He just looks mammally. <laughs> mammalian. Might, he, mama, <laughs> ma, the Grinch, That's the adjective. The mammalian. Grinch looks mammalian. Holy shit. What happens in the Grinch? We're on the first page of the Grinch Skull Christmas. So the Grinch is a green guy who may be a mammal, maybe not. We cannot Neither confirm out. nor deny yeah, that the Grinch is a mammal. <laughs> he might be a furry reptile. Uh, he doesn't like Christmas. He lives in a mountain fortress. I guess it's more like a cave at the top of a mountain. Yeah. Uh, with his dog, Max. What breed is Max? He's just kind of a small mutt. And Look, listen, if we don't know what the Grinch is, we sure as hell don't know what Max is. <laughs> He's a dog, though. He's a dog. He is described as a dog. So the Grinch is a mammal, possibly, that lives with a confirmed mammal. Named Max. Named Max. Max the dog. Uh, Canis is... One thing that describes what dogs are in the taxonomy. Um, well, Should I thought we I was have just practiced? Gonna, I, we were just like, this is fun for funsies. This is Christmas time content. We're just going to be like Ron, Harry, and Hermione and wing it. This is us on the back of the dragon winging a Christmas special. Um, the Grinch, what happens next? So the Grinch, it's Christmas Eve. He's fucking i think it's like early in the day on christmas eve he's fucking pissed because he hates christmas he thinks to himself they're gonna wake up in the morning and i know what they're gonna do they're gonna like fucking bang on their bang zingers or he lists a bunch of kooky christmas gifts that all the who's are gonna get and they're just gonna make a lot of fucking noise and mostly it seems like who's give each other Really complex musical instruments. Yeah, incredibly that they also baroque play instruments. sports with. Like you fucking like hit balls into like trumpets the, into two, more like the tuba. You like basically basically Christmas in Whoville is playing basketball with tubas. <laughs> Which I mean, it sounds fun. Yeah, it's just it sounds like band camp, frankly. Uh, it's just the most unhinged band camp ever on Christmas Day. So the Grinch is like, fuck this. They're going to make tons of noise. I guess there's no noise ordinances in Whoville. He should just really go to the city council meeting, Whoville City Council, be like, guys, this is ridiculous. Uh, the Grinch does seem like someone who would just maybe, maybe he just should have gotten into local politics. 
try to address this, but maybe there's no like anti-Christmas coalition, I guess. So he is like he's feeling alienated from the Whovillian political system as well as like their like unhinged Christmas culture. And also he's pissed that they're going to sit down to a feast because roast beast is a feast he can't stand in the least. They eat something called roast beast and God only knows what kind of creature that is. It looks like a combination steak turkey. It does. It looks it looks like a pig steak bird. Wow. <laughs> right? <laughs> Turducken plus red meats, basically. Uh, so who knows what unholy creation that is or whither it comes from within the Whoville universe. In the Jim Carrey version, I think Whoville is like contained in a snowflake. But again, I don't care. I need to not have you mention that version a single other time <laughs> while we were Because I like recording. the purity of the original Dr. Seuss We are version. again going shot by shot. So okay. maybe let's just... Okay, I didn't describe every Tum Tinger or whatever they're <laughs> called. Uh, the Grinch. So the Grinch, he's fucking pissed, but he's like, you know what? I'm going to come up with a extremely elaborate plan which he then pulls off like in the span of like 12 hours because it's christmas fucking eve he says i know just what i'll do i'll make a santa claus hat and a coat so he makes himself like a like a deeply janky pretty shoddy santa suit and decide he gets like a fucking sleigh that he just happens to have and a bunch of sacks he dresses his dog max up as a reindeer just for funsies i guess i mean this is a huge undertaking undertaking uh this is a huge sleigh that he then has max pull max is like we don't deserve dogs max is like pretty down with it he's a pretty jolly pup but you know he wants to do what the grinch is doing so he like models for the fucking santa claus coat uh so the grinch this this recap of the grinch is gonna be longer than how the grinch stole christmas so he heads into town on his fucking gigantic sleigh and then proceeds to rob everyone goes down the chimney he does christmas in reverse uh so this is how the grinch steals christmas he climbs down the chimney. He steals not even just the presents. Actually, it should be called How the Grinch Stole Everything. Yeah, How the he, Grinch like <laughs> actually fully cleaned out the entirety of Whoville. He doesn't like he even... Takes he, their fucking light bulbs. He doesn't even only steal their like Christmas food. He just steals their normal food. Like He takes all their canned goods. Motherfucker took the last can of Whohash. And he does it in just a really... I mean, he has fun doing it. He, like, slithers between the presents like a snake. If there are, like, toy robots, he winds them up and, like, has them march into the bags. I mean... He plays... I really like the scene where he plays pool with the Christmas <laughs> baubles. He, like, lands all of these shots. He All the Christmas baubles go into a, a mouse hole, which... What? Those poor mice are just, like... It's like boulders, <laughs> just like these like glass boulders, it's just like rolling into their house. And then you know the mice are pretty shook up from that, so they're like, "Man, we could use a bite to eat." They emerge into the house, and what the fuck do they find? A crumb that's too small even for a mouse. But then he takes the, the crumb. Only thing the mouse took. Yeah. Then he takes the crumb. In the book, he leaves crumbs too small for the who's mouses, but in the movie, in the animated version. He even like fucking just reaches down the chimney. He's like, "Fuck, forgot this tiny crumb." Meanwhile, That's this my crumb. extremely good and funny song is playing. Yeah, which is my favorite Christmas song, which is the 
the song where he compares the Grinch to a seasick crocodile and yeah, you're a mean one, Mr. Grinch, voiced by the same guy that voiced Tony the Tiger, I believe. Interesting. The you're okay. they're great guy. Uh, you know, at one point during this whole fucking heist, uh, he's stealing a Christmas tree and he hears a small sound like the coo of a dove, and it's a tiny who it's cindy lou who who's no more than two she says sandy claus why why are you taking this your christmas tree why the grinch is like fuck busted but he thinks of a lie really quick he says look there's a light on this tree that's not lighting on one side so i'm taking it back to my workshop to fix it because santa deals in this kind of minutia and i'll bring it back (laughs) in the morning cindy lou who he gets cindy lou who a cup of water to take back to bed sends her back to bed he thinks to himself ha ha idiot and heads back up the uh chimney and takes the log for the fire because he's not just stealing christmas he's stealing he's destroying the entire economic productivity of whoville he's taking everything they own so after he has stolen all of christmas plus everything else he he gets Max. He's got the sleigh loaded up. I mean, they're like, there's like a hundred tons, yeah, of stuff. There's on probably the thirty full ass trees. Yeah, and somehow, somehow Max pulls this sleigh, this sleigh with like all the goods produced in all of Who Nation over the last like year, just like on the, and they go ten thousand feet up. Up the side of Mount Crumpet, he rode with his load to the tip top to dump it. He gets to the top and he says, he thinks to himself, like, poo poo to the who's. I know just what they'll do. Their mouths will hang open for a minute or two. And then every who down in Whoville, they'll all say, boo hoo. Wow, you have this memorized. That's not the exact quote. But it's but, close. I mean, I've seen this movie, this movie show. I've seen this <laughs> movie show many, many times. Probably every Christmas. Also, you just have a really good memory. Yeah. I don't remember the exact lines. Oh, I forgot. That's another thing he hates. The Grinch hates that they all sing on Christmas Day. They sing this song that's like, Fuck yeah, Christmas, bahoo, rahu, welcome Christmas, hell yeah. Something like that. Christmas Day is in our grasp as long as we have hands to clasp. Which is which a really nice line. Grinch thinks is all fake, maudlin, BS. So he's waiting to hear... The wails and lamentations emanating from Whoville. He's standing there. It's Christmas morning. But instead, he hears a different sound rising over the snow. Every who down in Whoville, the tall and the small, was singing without any presence at all. So the Grinch, he is bewildered, to say the least. He thinks it came without ribbons, it came without tags, it came without packages, boxes, or bags. He thinks to himself, he hadn't stopped Christmas from coming. It came. Somehow or other, it came just the same. So the Grinch, he's like sitting and puzzling. I just need to stop and really tell listeners, believe it or not, Alex is reading none of this. Like this is actually just Alex has the Grinch memorized, which I didn't know. He's puzzling and he puzzled and puzzled till his puzzler was sore. And then the Grinch thought of something he hadn't before. Maybe Christmas, he thought, doesn't come from a store. Maybe Christmas, perhaps, means a little bit more. 
Wow. Okay, so can we fast forward to the Grinch is like, wow, they like Christmas. It's like Christmas is real. Christmas magic. it's actually about being together and being in community and they don't care about presents. They just want to hold hands and sing together. And then his heart grows No, it doesn't. Sizes. it doesn't go three sizes too small yet. He's like, oh man, I better undo this bad deed I have done. But he looks up and sees the sleigh, which is perched precariously on the precipice of Mount Crumpet, starts to go over the edge. He runs up to grab it. He can't hold it back because, like I said, it's like a hundred tons. So it seems like him and Max are both going to plunge into the abyss with all of Christmas. But then... In Whoville, they say, the Grinch's small heart grew three sizes that day. Oh, that was the other thing. Nobody knows why he doesn't like Christmas. Maybe it's because his heart is three sizes too small. It grows back to normal size, and then he gets the strength of ten Grinches plus two, which I don't know if is scientifically enough to lift this, like, hundred-ton cart, but he does. And then he rides triumphantly back into Whoville, and he brings everything back. He, like, is greeted as a conquering hero, even though he stole Christmas. He's just, like, unstealing Christmas. I don't think he's greeted as a conquering hero. People just let him... The Who's just believe in restorative justice. They're like, if you come and right the wrongs that you've committed, then we will accept you back into our company as a as a being who deserves redemption. Well, it's not, he's not a hero. They just forgive him. No, I think that's nice. It is yeah. nice. So it who, is nice that they forgive him. He brings everything back. And then he, the Grinch himself, even carves the roast beast. He gets to go to Christmas dinner and try whatever roast beast is. And, and then, they have a big pudding. Yeah, and then Boris Karloff is like, Welcome Christmas, bring your cheer, cheer to all who's far and near. And that's what happens in this week's Christmas special. Okay, that was deranged, and in our planning meetings, we may or may not need to revisit whether it makes sense for you to summarize just like, well-known Christmas 25 stories. 25-minute holiday Christmas specials. Uh, the, we're actually at minute 24. So yeah, between the intro and the summary, this is already basically the exact length of How the Grinch Stole Christmas. We'll fix it in post. No, we're going to leave it all. <laughs> and uh, you're welcome, friends. I had forgotten that the Grinch's primary complaint with Christmas is noise. And part of me is like, the Grinch just has, like, sensory integration stuff. Buddy. Like, maybe he doesn't hate merrymaking. Maybe he's just like, I need to learn new coping skills for the fact that I am extremely upset and disoriented by loud noises, which is very understandable. I mean, to be fair to the Grinch, these instruments are, yeah, Baroque. They, they are, are outrageous. outrageous. It looks like, I mean, it looks like it would be difficult to be a Who parent frankly. Well, the other thing is there seem to be about five adult who's and about 500 child who's. Like, who's very clearly produce massive numbers of offspring. Are who's, do they call them litters? They, I mean, do they, they essentially litters? seem to have litters. There are, these are really enormous families. And, okay, so I think we have to come forward as like at least semi-apologists for the Grinch's perceptions of Christmas because among other things it is sort of understandable as 
ourselves currently childless adults and both of us I love kids so I'm not one of these childless adults who also sort of resents other people's children I really enjoy and appreciate being around kids but I understand this particular kind of alienation when you are someone with no kids directly in your life around very 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 kid-centric holidays and events you're just like I can't participate in this like this is not for me and um I think the Grinch is just lonely and feels uninvited from the festivities also finds them to be correctly so extremely noisy (laughs) and you know I think the Grinch's attitude toward Christmas is it's understandable this seems to be a major disruption in the life of somebody who is already who is already inclined toward sort of isolation loneliness and a sense of aggrievement yeah the Grinch is he's really a pretty incredible character because the Grinch story, the structure is really interesting because it follows the villain the entire time. Would we call him, I think we would probably call him an anti-hero. <sighs> he like becomes an anti-hero, but he starts off, there's nothing anti-heroic about him in the beginning. He's purely bad. There's a whole song about what a bastard he is. Right, but it's sort of an admiration song. Yeah. Like it well, is this quality of his his like commitment to the bit of being the Grinch is impressive to the narrator. Yeah, and I think one of the reasons he's so amazing as a character because of like, you know, the noise reason you said and others is everybody can relate to the Grinch a little because most people I can't speak for everyone, but I think most people have had the experience of everybody is really into something and you just don't get it. Like, even like, I don't know, even if there's just like a Netflix show that gets really huge, like Tiger King or something, you're the only person that just like can't get into Tiger King. Well, and you're just like, fuck Tiger King. I can't have any discussions with anyone right now. The internet is useless to me at this particular moment. Like, everyone's had this experience. I think actually extremely related to the main project of this podcast, it's like people who never read Harry Potter. It's like millennials who didn't read Harry Potter as kids. that was me. I was the Harry Potter Grinch. It's true. And you have, much like the Grinch, you actually have a Harry Potter arc that's pretty similar to the Grinch, where you really hated it, and now you are sort of, it's, you're in the fandom in a really active way, the way the Grinch becomes. Hopefully the Grinch doesn't lose all of his Christmas skepticism. Right, you want the Grinch to retain a little bit of Grinchiness, which I think he does. Like, the (laughs) Grinch's kind of fundamental attitude toward the world, I think, remains. He becomes a more kind-spirited, but in my headcanon, the Grinch retains some kind of gimlet-eyed. Well, he's skeptical of Christmas for... The correct reasons. His main complaint with Christmas isn't actually the noise. That's just a byproduct of it. His main complaint with Christmas we see is at the end when he's on the top of Mount Crumpet and he's like, what the hell? Like, how did Christmas come? Like, it came without all the, like, packages and everything. Like, the Grinch... He's just an anti-consumerist. Yeah, the Grinch... The Grinch thought Christmas was phony because he was like, you're not singing because you're, like, happy. Uh, you're singing because you got presents. Will. Yeah, you're you're singing because you're like eating tons of food. You're like all rich as hell. The Grinch seems to be like I don't know. The Grinch is like impoverished, sort of. He lives in a fucking like threadbare cave, like north of Whoville, and he's like shut out of Christmas for whatever reason. Well, 
which I think brings us to this this thing that you and I have been talking about a lot because Christmas is very strange as especially I mean I I only have this experience as an American I'm sure that there are parallels in lots of other places where Christmas is extremely mainstreamed but if you watch Christmas movies or like you know participate in any of the avalanche of Christmas oriented entertainment this time of year you know there are a couple of through lines one of which is that people feel left out of the Christmas spirit and I think it speaks to the fact that as much as we all are forced to live in like Christmas land for at this point like two and a half full months of every year most people at some point are like, I feel like everyone has more cheer than I do. It is lonesome to not be into it. We have to acknowledge Christmas is a shitty time to be poor because there is so much societal pressure to be able to buy right. affection for Conspicuous people. Conspicuous consumerism. I mean, it's always a shitty time to be poor in America. But but Christmas is the time of year where there's like a spotlight on people's inability to purchase things. It is a shitty time to be grieving. It is a hallmark of the experience of losing a loved one is dreading the holidays, is dreading the idea that you're going to have to be sad at this time where there's a cultural imperative to be happy. It's a shitty time to be alone. It's even weirdly a shitty time to be single. Like this movie called The Holiday just came out and the whole premise is you are supposed to have a significant other at Christmas in order to prove that you're appropriately like Christmas happy. So all of these ways in which people's pretty normal experiences of being people are marginalized because we're all Mm -hmm. supposed to be experiencing this extremely militantly enforced merriment at the same time is it's alienating for everyone. Like there is no one who is like a perfect like Christmas celebrant. Right. Every no matter what your relationship to Christmas is or your Christmas posture, the Grinch is relatable because at one point or another, you've probably experienced this Christmas alienation. And also, like, as the Grinch has pointed out and how, as you pointed out, and as the Grinch feels, like, Christmas is a lot. It's this, like, Borg. Resistance is futile. It like, is. I feel Grinchy when I hear Christmas music before Thanksgiving in, like, bodegas. It's like, cut that shit out. We need to, like, keep Christmas in its, like, December box, basically. Like, we can't, we don't have the stamina to do Christmas all year long. Right. Which we will get to when we discuss the seminal Christmas classic, Elmo Saves Christmas. And, I mean, all of that is, like, under the sort of umbrella assumption of people who do celebrate Christmas in some way. Like, that's not even to speak of the fact that if you are a practitioner of a different faith, then... I honestly can't imagine how alienating the Christmas season would be if I were not raised in a Christian tradition where the sort of religious aspect of Christmas was also a part of my Mm. life growing up. And now, I mean, I have like a sort of secularized Christian life, I would say. But I mean, if you, there is a reason that there are you know, jokes, and I think also genuine traditions around, like, anti-Christmas celebration for Jewish people, like the kind of, you know, Chinese food and going to a movie. First of all, obviously it's not universal, but I do actually know a fair number of people for whom that's the tradition. 
But the fact that there are anti-Christmas traditions. Oh, damn it. I just realized. What? Even that's ruined this year because you can't go to you fucking go restaurants, to restaurants or, or movies. movies. What I the know. fuck? You gotta order takeout and I, I mean, it's know. not, okay, it's not ruined. Everyone is just going to adapt. Ruined is the wrong way to look at well, it. Ruined but... is the way that the Christmas industrial complex talks to us about Christmas. Mm, yeah, you're There's right. There's this whole idea about being able to ruin the holidays by like being a human being experiencing things. Which is so fucked up. I mean, it's just like, so I don't know. It, this is making us sound like we're primarily like Grinches. And I, I love celebrating with my family. There are things about Christmas. There are lots of things about Christmas, including watching The Grinch and all these other things that I adore. But I think the reason that we're starting with The Grinch is just like to acknowledge that this is not, America sort of posits Christmas as universal in ways that are so fake. And like the Christmas spirit as like a universally experienced and beloved thing, that's just false. That's so fake. And I like that the Grinch is kind of like, you phonies. And, but the other thing that we have to acknowledge about all of this Christmas media is even if we get to spend time with the like doubters, Christmas always wins. Mm-hmm. Like at the end of all of these, we will see like Christmas fucking wins. I actually, I would love for someone to send us an example of Christmas media of any kind. I mean, you know, gift of the Magi, any of that shit. The quote unquote like holiday spirit is unstoppable. And that actually is the part that feels the most fake to me. Well, I think, I don't know, not to be like overly earnest, but no, it's please more, be overly earnest. More, I need that in my life. It's more Dr. Seuss's points. So a lot of our like great Christmas classics are sort of about Christmas alienation, like The Grinch Stole Christmas, Charlie Brown Christmas, and Christmas always wins in those. And even in like rom-coms about Christmas, which are sort of critiques of like the imperative to like not be single around Christmas. Christmas all They always fall in yeah, love at the end. Christmas always wins. And then therefore the critique is neutered because it creates this Christmas feedback loop of, oh, you might feel like shitty for a while, but then like eventually the Christmas like spirit shines through. And then, you know, you just like it generates more media about Christmas. It's interesting that we have this whole sprawling genre to process our feelings around this <laughs> around Christmas. But I think Dr. Seuss is making a more elegant point, I think, because he meant how the Grinch stole Christmas as a critique of Christmas consumerism and the Who's are like actually doing it right. So like they're like an example of like in an ideal world, Christmas is like unruinable because it actually isn't about the things the Grinch thinks Christmas is about. Like the beating heart of Christmas of like the Christmas spirit trademark is love and like togetherness and hope and those things should be like indomitable the thing that's sad for us living in the real world is probably this wouldn't happen maybe it would uh yeah and probably the who's would be really fucking pissed and throw like the grinch into like who jail the grinch kind of deserves to go to jail the grinch stole all of their stuff and that's not like chill like we don't we don't think the Grinch like did the Who is a solid right. by so, just robbing them blind. So, yeah, it's a fairy tale and a parable in that it's like instructive in that it's supposed to say, yeah, this is how you should celebrate Christmas. And the Grinch sort of like gets his, I don't know, the cynic gets his comeuppance. 
Right, but I guess so what I come back to, I agree with you, but I also, I mean, this sort of goes back to our conversation about Harry's experience of grief after Dobby dies, where the reality is there are reasons why it is impossible to feel joyful at the time of year when everyone is supposed to feel joyful. I mean, the thing that I actually got tearful last night because the the line is, you know, Christmas is within our grasp as long as we have hands to clasp. And this year, we literally can't clasp hands. So it is possible actually to strip away even the things that make Christmas like meaningful outside of consumerism. And I think one of the reasons you and I thought, what if we did a weird Christmas series is because the things that even the most kind of like elegant was a good word for it or even the most kind of truly soulful messages around Christmas tell us are that you know it's fine as long as we can all be together and we literally can't all be together so it's like how do we continue to kind of mine for some joy and hope at a time when the things that are sort of fundamental to even the least consumerist versions of Christmas, even the most inclusive versions of Christmas are inaccessible, which are being with our families, literally being able to touch people. I mean, there are these very basic things that, you know, the who's have that we're like, well, these are universal. These are things everyone has. We can all do this. And like in 2020, we we literally cannot be physically present together and we have to continue to find whatever we can to hold on to. And to me, like if you if you really mine for the kind of central kernel of Christmas, it's hope in the dark, you know? Yeah. And this is a really bad thing that happens to the Who's. Like he takes everything. Yeah. So I don't know. I think that they are meant to be like an example to us though yeah no i agree with and I that mean, even though we don't have we can still sing we can still be digitally together one of the reasons we want to do these podcasts is because like audio gives a sense of like together and community and it's like a one small way that we can like be with all of you and yeah. like with each other hopefully that shows up in these so i don't know um i know this is less fun we're, we're ending a little less funny well, than we started we're but not, we're not near the end yet because i've got more to discuss okay more quibbles or, ahead all right so we're getting a little bit serious and whatever this is a a year in which we have to acknowledge the ways in which things are extremely hard you said the other day something that i love which is just like all of our settings are on hard you know everything yeah. is set to like the hardest play yeah. mode this is a shit year for you for any thing to happen to you basically every and i think it's important i don't know to recognize that amid the pandemic is that just anything you want to do is just more difficult and it's more difficult like setbacks are harder mm-hmm. life changes are harder any any major life stage you're going through moving is harder having a child is harder grieving is harder uh so you know there needs to be like grace for that right okay so let's return to some good old-fashioned quibbles with the Grinch so, story. So speaking of Christmas isolation, uh, watching The Grinch last night, I was reminded of this hilarious essay from 2008, actually, on Slate by Dahlia Lithwick about the Christmas specials that Jewish parents would allow their kids to watch. And The Grinch, based on her very unscientific survey, The Grinch was, like, one of them that was, like, approved for, like, her, her kids and, like, most of her friends and their growing up and then their kids. And part of that is... It's like it's like the revenge fantasy of if you're left out of Christmas, like 
just blowing Christmas to hell. <laughs> I just think that essay is worth reading, whether or not you're someone who um, grew up with or currently celebrates Christmas. This It's an extremely funny take on what pieces of this kind of juggernaut are you allowed to engage with, like by your parents? Like, or even, I mean, I think, you know, this is off topic a little bit, but I remember just like Jewish friends being like, we knew way before you all did that there was no Santa and like really weren't allowed to tell, (laughs) which is like such a weird thing, you know, to be the kind of like knowing five-year-old who's like, yeah, my parents told me this is bullshit and like I will get like put in time out if I tell the Christian kids there is no <laughs> Santa. So So yeah, yeah, so a lot I it seems that a lot of like non Christmas celebrants were allowed to watch The Grinch because it is about and have enjoyed and appreciated the Grinch because it's it about is, taking Christmas away from people. And it's just about it's about Christmas alienation. It's yeah. about like kind of feeling like cut out of it. Right. You know? So I don't know if then that is then kind of made problematic by the fact that the Grinch is like weirdly converted at the end. Or maybe he's just called in. Maybe I don't know he's if he's not... converted. Maybe he's just welcomed into celebration despite being different. That's the most charitable explanation it's like you can be in community with us if you would like despite the fact that this isn't totally your jam well interestingly another thing that i think that the grinch gets at that's hilarious is that to truly hate something to truly obsessively hate something you also have to sort of love it in a weird way like the grinch actually kind of fetishizes christmas because he knows all the bits yeah, he knows all the lore. Like he gets like he's he knows everything Santa Claus does, what he looks like, you know, and then he like yeah, he creates this like convoluted scheme to basically do Christmas in reverse. But in order to perfectly do Christmas in re- reverse, like the theatrics of it, you have to know like just every bit of how Christmas works. So he actually the Grinch is low key obsessed with Christmas. Like he doesn't just cut it out. He's like he's it's like if you're really into like the Freemasons or like Scientologists, like at some point or QAnon, you end up like knowing like every aspect of. Yeah. So there's this great episode of Reply All where PJ Vote basically, I mean, first of all, like listen to the episode of Reply All. Um, I think it's called Country of Liars, where they sort of think that it's possible that they kind of that they kind of unmask the potential identity of Q themselves, But anyway, so the point here is that PJ has this one line where he's like, if you get too into like debunking conspiracy theories, if you get really obsessed with proving that QAnon is incorrect about things that are just sort of self-evidently bonkers, he says... I think he literally says, then you too just become obsessed yeah, with bullshit. Yeah. If you become too obsessed with debunking Q, then, then you're, you're just obsessed with you're Q. You're just like every other Q person. You're obsessed with bullshit. Because so, like, yeah, you can't the you can't debunk Q is so unhinged. Like its central premise isn't like meant to be like debunked. It's just like an article of faith that like the whatever pedophile cabal is like running the world and like Donald Trump is like undercover to like bring it down. There's no debunking it. Right. And we don't need to go down a Q rabbit hole. But I think that line of you become obsessed with bullshit sort of is it is interesting when you apply it to the fact that the Grinch, yes, he knows the 
extreme minutia of Christmas and Christmas lore because he hates it so much. And I do think that's a that's a really relatable experience of being so obsessively anti something that you end up being one of the people with the most knowledge about it. Anyway, just a a funny thing the Grinch gets at. Anything else we want to say about the Grinch? Who's our unsung hero? My unsung hero is clearly Max the dog, who a great example that we don't deserve dogs. He's just he's just down to hang with the Grinch. He can sense the Grinch is depressed. He does his best to try to cheer the Grinch up. He goes along with his cockamamie schemes, and he's just a good companion to the Grinch, like selfless love for the Grinch. But also, Max is low-key, not even low-key, Max is high-key, the strongest creature that's ever lived because he carries the 100-ton sleigh up an almost sheer cliff it's up to like, the top 10,000 feet like to the top of Mount Crumpet. Mountain. So it's like, what? Through the snow, no less, which Ma- is hard to get purchase in. Max is insanely, insanely strong. I think my unsung hero is... There's not that many characters to choose from, so... I think my unsung hero is the Grinch himself. I think we have pretty well established that there are aspects of even the Grinch's Grinchiest character traits that are both relatable and pretty lovable. And, you know, don't yuck people's yum. I think the Grinch is a is the central lesson here is don't yuck people's yum unless they are sort of doing harm. And it turns out that the Whos are doing no harm. They're just sort of enjoying something that they collectively love. But still, I think the Grinch... Maybe the Grinch teaches us that it's okay to come around. Because one of the other things I've been thinking about is this sense of the Grinch has kind of really like teen qualities of like hating sellouts. (laughs) And I think one of the things that I have learned since I was a young person who was, you know, cared over much about like authenticity and like liking things before they were cool. It's like it's okay to find that you actually really enjoy something that's like lamestream. And I don't know, the Grinch's ultimate Normie. arc the is Hoos being like, normies. maybe people like things when they're fun, and I'm allowed to just think things are fun that everybody else also likes. I don't know, that's one of the things that I come down on is... Also, the Grinch has such style. He destroys, he steals Christmas in the most, like hilarious gleeful way possible he's clearly having he has a really fun time time. it's the best night of his freaking life which is nice for him so anyway we i don't think we're gonna announce in advance which of these properties we're doing because we're still kind of figuring out what we're gonna do and in what order we will continue to make harry potter episodes as well this season but definitely expect some charlie brown I think we're going to have to talk about Elmo Saves Christmas because... I already promised that we would. You are obsessed with Elmo Saves Christmas in a way that I find deeply delightful and inspiring. Um, So get ready for that. (laughs) It's going to be fun. Probably we'll take a look at some Rudolph and Island of Misfit toys. You know, maybe some live action. You know, it's a wonderful life type stuff. But anyway, we're going to plumb the depths of the entertainment industrial complex around christmas there's a lot of christmas to unpack just discussing this i was like yeah there's like so much that we still have to talk about when it comes to christmas so hopefully this was fun i wish you all whatever it is you need this time of year that you find some version of it 
And I know you and I are trying to find some version of what we need, even in a time where that doesn't feel super possible. So I also want to, I don't know, you don't need permission from me, Heather Price, right? But I'm going to offer permission, space, and grace to feel shitty if you are feeling shitty. You are not ruining anyone's holiday by experiencing your emotions. Um, And do not let people fucking tell you that being sad makes Christmas less good for them. Yeah, because Christmas also will, it will come it will and, keep. It will come and go. Yeah, it'll keep. And there will be another one. And I have a, uh, I have a very earnest holiday message as well. Uh, things don't feel great right now, but I would say, keep the faith, uh, whatever your version of the faith is, because uh, there's a light at the end of the tunnel, uh, which is a cliche, but. It's true. We can see it now. The vaccines are coming. They're going to work. We all have to, like, hold tight, keep each other safe just for, like, a few months longer, I think, probably. And it's worth it to do that. And you know what? If this time of year is hard for you for reasons that are layered on top of the reason this year is hard sort of universally, just you know, we're sending you love. I I think both of us have experienced having Christmas while you're grieving, having Christmas while you're separated or isolated from someone that you care about a lot, having Christmas when you're, or going through the holiday season when the people that you normally celebrate with are not people you're in, you know, great touch with or a great space with. It's okay to be a human being existing in December in a state of not, perpetual glee so if you're feeling gleeful bless you and I'm so happy and I zero percent resent those of you who are leaning profoundly into the things that bring you joy right now and not it's the opposite of resent I I admire and love and bless you and um if you're not you know you you are loved and in this circle too so and you know, fuck, if December means nothing to you except that potentially the days are shorter. Yeah, that's whatever. We're all here in this world together coexisting and trying to make the best of things. And uh, we love you, all of you. We really, really do. And we want to send you that love right now. Yeah. So. Well said, Heather. Blessings. Also, this week's episode is brought to you by Hash. What the fuck is it? Is it made of who's? No, it's the hash that they... Who hashes people? (laughs) All right, we will talk to you all soon. Feliz Navidad, amigos. Mm